Recipe Club is coming back. Yes. Season three, bigger, badder, bolder. Better than ever. How about that alliteration, guys? Yeah. It'll never be done ever again. No one's ever said that string of bees ever before. Was one of them bitter? I've better. <laughs> okay. But bitter could be there too. I, next feel, more, I feel more embittered than ever about <laughs> <Resident> <laughs> Club. Because maybe somebody didn't do as well as they hoped. Or somebody, whatever. Listen to the episode to hear my sadness. Talk and remember, it. guys. If you join our Discord, you don't have to, but you can also send in your recipes for Recipe Club at AskDave at MajorDomoMedia.com. The Fixer at MajorDomoMedia.com. Oh, or Ask Dave, they'll both work. We need your recipes. This is our fuel for Recipe Club. We cook things that you tell us to cook. And some of you guys don't like ube, and some of you guys don't like flavored vodka, so shame on you. Mm-hmm. I love flavored vodka. I love the lime flavored. I love the lemon flavored. And I love it with, what's the rum? Coconut rum? Malibu, Malibu rum. rum. Why would you even drink vodka without flavor? Yeah. What's Seriously. the point? You're an alcoholic if you don't drink it without. Like, it's messed up if you drink nor- unflavored vodka. Yeah. What are you, Nicolas Cage and leaving Las Vegas? Stop it. Drink your flavored vodka. Good God. Sign up for the Discord. At MajorDomeMedia.com and get ready for even more helpful content and more silliness. Let's get on to the show. Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Winger Podcast Network, presented by Major Dome Media. Thank you, Yola Tango, as always. I am about to get on a flight. I haven't packed to go to Taiwan for work. First international trip in over three years. Not true. You went to Mexico. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Outside of North America. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm a little nervous. Got first time back to Asia for a while. Yeah. They're in trouble. <laughs> you, you haven't even packed, but are you... I got to pack suits. Here's the problem. It's two occasions I have to pack suits. And I looked at the weather. The two days I have to wear suits, high of 91 and 93 degrees. I am dead. I am dead, dead, dead. That's so horrible, And I can't go to Asia or Korea or any place I've lived or traveled like I used to go in shorts and, you know, sandals. You're all grizzed up. Oh, man. This is going to not be good. You're going to eat well, though, I bet. Only other time I had to wear a suit was in Kyoto with Moro Colo Greco, Claude Bosi, Sad Baines, and Mike Anthony. And we had to sit down in a tea ceremony for like six hours. God. Yeah, that was hell. And it was hot. <laughs> oh, my God. So, anyway, wish me luck, everybody. So, we are recording some episodes before I leave. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. And I'll tell you all about all the things that I'm going to eat. Hmm. The one thing I'm definitely not going to eat is stinky tofu. <laughs> I was just going to say, maybe you go on a whole stinky tofu crawl. We shall see. I haven't been to Taipei in many, many, many years. Last time I thought I was going to get arrested. That's <laughs> um, but um, I visited UNO's alma mater, USC, yesterday. That's right. I visited the USC Annenberg School of Journalism and Communication. Gotta say, USC is a nice campus. <laughs> Why did you visit very, that? Very, very expensive tuition. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you visit that school? We alluded to a commencement speech before, but it was announced, and I didn't know they were going to announce it. So now it's like, oh, everybody knows how terrible this is going to be. When was the last time you were on a college campus? Outside of NYU, which is always just, there. Which is just New York. About 2003. Yeah. yeah. Is it weird? Yeah. What's wrong with them? They're so young. <laughs> <laughs> what are them? What are these goddamn scooters? Oh, Everyone's yeah. getting around on scooters right now, and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Democratic Republic of Chang, it's got to be two bikes, two bikes, two wheels. Anything that is like scooters, also scooters, also two wheels. Stop. That's not what I mean. You got to sit down. You can only sit down on two wheels. The bikes were such a big problem at USC. There's just like nowhere to park it's them. Not They're my problem. Stolen left it's right. not my problem. Oh, I don't want to tell us more about the difficult 
problems of being a USC student, you know. <laughs> okay, Berkeley. Let's try to get let's try no, to get some get more. Let's try to get some more pity for you, poor USC <laughs> students. Nothing to eat around there, dude. Like, well, there is one major thing. What, what did you? What have? is that burger shop there that I drove past? Which burgers or something like that? I delicious. Anyway, I had uh, some tacos and they were super lovely. They met the whole team, Dean Willow, many of the students, many of the faculty. I don't know what I spoke about, but hopefully made some sense. And then we had delicious tacos. And then I said, mm. they were really good. I said, you know, do you know what the name was? And you said, Chichen Itza, whole box. Yeah. And that was like my first thought. Chichen like, Itza, whole box. Chichen Itza. Chichen Itza, yeah. whole box. Okay, yeah. okay. It's I got like you. right next to there. So that was my thought. Not, you didn't go to the dining commons. How was the dining commons food at USC? Uh, it was pretty dark. Like there was, uh, there's a lemonade. And uh, I worked in the uh, student union building. Again, 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 <laughs> your, your idea of darkness is that your student dining option was a lemonade. Like that's, that's, that's not like the best thing we had. Darkness, man. Actually, like, we had a habit burger downstairs. Habit burger's pretty good. Um, I know the owners of lemonade. I think it's fantastic. I was oh, gonna say, I'm sorry. <laughs> How are you? I, that's the darkness. Like you don't know darkness until you've eaten at the Berkeley Dining Commons. Man. I mean, I just wanted a burger, right? And so, you know. Imagine your mascot, the bear. How lame is that? <laughs> Not a bear, <laughs> a cow bear. I was saying, I'm making fun it's of golden bear, oh, man. Yeah, We're a enough, golden yeah. bear yeah. Yeah. celebrating Jack Nicholas of all things. <laughs> Jack Nicholas University, <laughs> whatever. Man. At least we're not the congratulations. We could be, be the USC condoms. That's fine. <laughs> like, whatever, man. I'm the bantams. I'm the fighting cocks. What is a ba- oh a bantam like the bird? Yeah, <laughs> pretty lame. <laughs> anyway, of course, Chris and I are working on it. He's helping. And I gave them a brief reveal of some of the speech. You know what I sort of told them to? This cannot be in the middle and forgettable. <laughs> and I explained to them the whole thesis, and I think I lost everybody. I see. You were trying to say, usually you would shoot for the 70%. Yes. But you're going for the... I have no choice. It's not because I want to. I have no choice but to aim for 100. We're shooting for the stars here. Are we going to talk about how you screwed me over with this speech writing process? <laughs> Are we going to talk about that? I would like you to talk about that. I didn't screw you over. Straight up screwed me over. I did not. That is not what happened. Okay? Okay. We had a date. Mm -hmm. Me and you. We're going to work on it. Guess what? Ain't nobody writing a speech by themselves or they're going to commence a speech. <laughs> we had a time to get together, sit down and work on the speech. I rolled over to your house. And there was an author there. Yeah. Fucking Minjin Lee was sitting there at the goddamn counter. <laughs> hey, she's my older sister. And did you look out for your buddy, Chris, your old pal, Chris? There was nothing I could do. <laughs> and just... I'm leaving for Taipei and she wanted to visit the kids I had no choice. I thought they were going to be in separate rooms, but Hugo was playing. Gus was sleeping, and there was nothing for her to do other than to talk to us. Uh huh. And then did she have to read? And the she listened. Here's the conversation. Add on my computer. She listens to the podcast. She listens that's to the a, podcast. That's a holy, holy shit. My, you know, we got to. I always think that nobody listens to this podcast except right. for Costco rotisserie. <laughs> <laughs> Right. We have a strong, strong contingent of rotisserie chicken right. fans from Costco. Outside of that, I don't think anybody listens to this podcast. Yeah. We get the numbers like, well, those seem pretty good, but that's got to be fake. Fake news. Mm-hmm. Min Jin Lee listens to our podcast. Problematic for us. You know who also listens to the podcast? Dean Willow Bay. <laughs> Real problem. <laughs> also, the dean, like much of the faculty of USC School of, you know, Annenberg School of Journalism. And not just because like, oh, maybe he's coming. They were like going deep. They, they, they refer to things. Oh, man. 
but Min listens to the podcast. She also delivers commencement speeches that are become viral hits. Was I shielded from having to show the gibberish I'd written on my computer? No. And you know the worst part about it is, Dave? You made me bring out the computer and have her sit there and read some gibberish sentences I'd written. And you left the room. <laughs> you <laughs> left me to sit there and stare at her while she read this thing. She's God. the kind, she's amazing, number one. Number two, she's the kind of intelligence and sheer brain power you can see just like, it's like she's trying to hold it in. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Like Professor Xavier, just trying to hold that shit in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's, yeah, she's just Dr. Manhattan walking among the normals here on so Earth. So honored. To have her in our presence. She she gave very, I will say this, she was very kind and gave very smart notes and was like a, like a huge, genuine pleasure to, to hang out with and talk She's to. She's the best. She was great. I also found out that I'm the only Korean person I know that's not going to the Korean state dinner. The Korean president. <laughs> Is she going dinner. to? Everyone's going. Hmm. Except me. <laughs> what have I done? It's all the Koreans. Except for you. I heard you know's going too. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, you're not going? <laughs> 2811, I, I was clearly cool enough. God, that's going to feel bad. I mean, I've heard, like, you know, Blackpink might play because they're on tour. Mm-hmm. Guess what? You'll be watching on Netflix. Yeah. What ha- What do I got to do? I mean, listen, we know the president's a horrible motherfucker, right? Mm-hmm. Can we agree to that? Yeah. You don't like, you like him? I'm not saying shit, dude. I'm not touching that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's like the Donald Trump of Korea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's All right? unpopular. But popular with some, whatever. So, like, you would go there to... <laughs> you know, are you siding with him? I'm not siding with him. Stop looking at me like this, guys. What's I'm going just, on? I'm confused about why you know it's like a... I don't even know who the president of Korea is. <laughs> what are you talking about, guys? Anyway. Secret agent. It's not about that. It's about, you know, celebrating America-Korean relations, et cetera, except that, like, now I'm not going to tell people I'm Korean. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I am now from Shenzhen. <laughs> And my last name is Chung. <laughs> I was going to be like careful here, but hey, you pulled it off. Did a good job with that oh, one. God. All right. All right. I'm selling my Koreanness now. <laughs> I think this speech is going to be good. I think you're going to do I'm job. really worried about public speaking. I hate public speaking. I'm so bad at it. Here's the thing. I'm not bad at it if I don't have to prepare, per se. And mm-hmm. it's like short, like a talking to the kitchen. You do that all the time. Mm-hmm. If you work in kitchens, it's another thing that you're not prepared for. And no one prepares you for a lot of things that you have to learn, which is, again, adds to the fact that being a chef and being in that industry really gives you life skills that you would never even think were possible. Public speaking is one of them. Mm-hmm. You really have to be a public speaker, not because you're talking to the media, per se, but you're talking and addressing sometimes a crew of 200, 300 people. Or even if it's 10 or 15, you're still doing public speaking. Sometimes that's twice a day. Every day you get better at. I feel like I've gotten better at that. It's not something I ever wanted to be good at, but I don't think I'm really good at it, but I've gotten better at it. Mm -hmm. Public speaking on the other hand, very bad. Very, very, very bad. It's a completely different thing. I liken it a little bit to the difference between cooking at home and cooking at a restaurant. Literally, it's I'm making this food for three people I know. You know what it's a lot like? It's almost like Yuno's reaction pre-talking about the president of Korea versus post president. <laughs> <laughs> he's really clamped really, uh, down over here. My muscles are tense enough. I think so. that uh, it's hard. You stand up there and you you talk to a group of people and you don't get, you're not getting that instantaneous feedback from anybody. You can't like look somebody in the eye and say, they're listening to me. They're not. They're laughing. They're not. They're smiling. They're giving me visual cues. You're just looking at a, a sea of people who are either into what you're saying or not, but you have no idea. You got to power through. You're going to do fine. Teleprompter? I'm just, again, thinking about how many people I know that got invited and I didn't. 
would it be awesome as if I was chosen to speak, to address, to be the MC for this event? That would be that would be terrifying for, for the, the Crow State Dinner. <laughs> In Korean, I was like, "Oh shit!" Get me hooked on phonics, stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that would be bad. You know what? Also, be I was thinking about worse things. Would be way, 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 way worse. The worst thing I could mm. think of than speaking is at least I don't have to speak to all of the USC graduates. Uh-huh. I'm just speaking to a thousand plus. Uh-huh. If I was asked to cook dinner for the state dinner, mm. I'd be like, uh, "I got a, I got." Uh, West Nile virus. <laughs> uh, that's like your nightmare crowd. That's your nightmare demo right there. So you have pain in the ass people that eat nothing because of just the group of people. You have people that only eat well done shit. Last time they had kimchi and stuff mm-hmm. and it was good. It, they executed the menu great. But I was thinking to myself, like, wow, I would not want to be part of that. To merge just enough Koreanness, does that is not a, right. that is not a mission you accept. Right. You know what I mean? That's one like Tom Cruise mission buzz. Like fuck that. I mean, you have picky eaters, mission. and then you add a layer of Korean Korean people who are going to look at whatever you're cooking with a Korean lens. No, definitely not doing that one. Wow. Yeah. Is it always an is it always I'm, an outside chef that comes in for the state dinners or do they no no? Just do but they they sometimes have a like a, a like a. Like you put your name on the yeah, like something, honorary something, chef. Something. Type the, the team there is unbelievable. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm like, you know, they don't love me because I hate the Korean president so much. <laughs> why Why is it so bad to say I'm I hate him? Why? Why? I'm not, you I'm know, not why? This is, this is a political hot button. And, you know, it's weird because my when I, when I was growing up. It's a political hot button where? What? Who? With like our family, right? Like it's just like literally. What are you talking about? So when I was growing up, like it was weird to hear like how divided people were about the president. Even Park Kinney, um, President Park, people were like, divided on it. I thought everybody was like, hey, the ferry sank and, you know, she kind of mishandled all this stuff after and everybody was like, oh my God, she's screwing up. There were no people. one knows what you're talking about. Mm-mm. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. No all right, idea. sorry. But I'll, I I'll do, but like, yeah. you remember. I'll keep it short. There were members of my family who actually supported the South Korean president at the time and I was like, oh my God, it's actually like divided. Like, there are people within our ranks. So like, I don't really want to piss anybody off. I'm just not going to touch Korean politics. You know, what I definitely don't think of listenership, the overlap <laughs> are, you know's family members. <laughs> I mean, honestly. It's like, <laughs> Come on, dude. Are you oh, man. Off right now. Anyway, anyway, anyway. I, I hope it's an awesome event. And Do hope, you though? <laughs> you <don't yeah. laughs> I, hope, uh, I hope, I hope, Psy is the musical guest <laughs> and he sings Gangnam style. <laughs> All right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Thank you, Chris. Thank Dude. you for helping me holding my hand. But really, thank you to my big sister, Min. <laughs> For really, holding Chris's hand. Really, thank you to Min. Really, thank you to Min. Get out of here. <laughs> All right. We'll take a break. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a berry delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf 
blackberry iced tea. It's fucking funny because I'm getting all these text messages about all I'm getting is bombarded by people about, about another one. Are you going to the state dinner? <sighs> like nonstop. You know what Grace has to text? We're not invited. <laughs> I wanted to take some time here, next 10, 20 minutes, to talk about the studio we have at the row. Mm-hmm. We've been keeping things under wrap for some time. Yes, if you watch Channel 101, which I didn't know was the first channel on LG, <laughs> you can see what we filmed at an old restaurant space here at the row. We're about to embark on a, on a journey that none of us have ever been on before, which is filming a lot more content in the studio we've designed. Big thank you to Chris Chen for really leading the charge for this and to Chris Ying's brother. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was like, there's nothing Freudian there. Nothing Freudian there. Nothing weird in that family. My brother was the architect who designed our studio. I put down a line in the sand when it happened. I was like, I'm not a part of this. He spoke to Chris Chen more than I've spoken to him. I think he wanted to do that. Why would you want to talk to me? Yeah. If I was your brother, I wouldn't want to talk to you. Right? No, I think Chris is great, so... Thank you, you know. I meant Chen, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're there. Uh, We have two studios. We're about, honestly, like I thought we'd be a little bit closer to being finished. And thank you to Jeffrey and the whole team at The Row for being extremely accommodating, giving us all of the support to getting this done. But we're still not there yet. We have some furnishings that need to get done. Most importantly, we need to install the cameras and soundproofing. Mm-hmm. We really need to, and some curtains, and it's a little too public. It's hard to tell people, don't come in. We're not a restaurant. <laughs> it's true. It's true. We want we want to be public facing. We got to get our sea legs under us here. And we've been testing out a lot of content. So not just on the LG channel, majordomo.tv channel. We've been testing out a lot of content here. Somewhat half-baked ideas, more or less. Well, not a surprise you've been listening. And we've been trying to get a cadence of how we're going to go about doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, We've definitely told people that some of uh, people have told you guys, a lot of it will be more live. We're going to try to broadcast stuff every day. It may very well maybe this show two or three times a week. And the only reason we're trying to figure out if we can do it two to three hours, because maybe we will, is we want to test things out. We're definitely going to do talks. We're going to invite people. We're going to be cooking. So everything we've been testing may be thrown out the window on this podcast because now we're in the physical space and it's not just audio only. It's now visual. So we'll see. It's also very possible that this podcast is just around the center kitchen aisle. Mm-hmm. We're just going to sit on stools or standing. Like, we don't know yet. There is almost unlimited amounts of possibilities for us. And many of those possibilities are fucking bad, bad, bad ideas. But this is the whole reason we wanted to do this. Yeah. To have the flexibility and freedom to chase bad ideas. Mm-hmm. Knowing that they might be really, really terrible. Knowing that they might be 99% terrible but 1% gold. One of the reasons why, I don't know if we expressed this the last time we talked about this as pre-opening diaries, was we don't own any of our content. The video content, that is. Yeah. And we're trying to build a catalog of stuff, whether it's just interviews or cooking techniques, reviews, whatever. Because like, it's not a surprise that a lot of musicians at some point want to own their stuff. Or anybody that is a writer or anyone that's a creative, you want to own your stuff. I'm beyond thankful. And we're going to still make stuff. We still have projects coming out for Hulu. And we're going to, we're in conversations with other streamers, which is only like Netflix and <laughs> Amazon. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You guys can guess you what they can are. Guess <laughs> We're going to continue making 
unscripted television. And that's something that we're very passionate about. Even throwing around some scripted ideas. But where you're going to see Chris and I focus a lot of our efforts is on this studio, the studio kitchen. And we have two kitchens, one in the back, one up front. And we're already pivoting in terms of how we want certain things laid out. Like we thought for sure we're going to have a podcast studio in there. There's a room, but now it's probably going to be staging areas and storage. And we're talking about a very, very big space for us. You know, what is it? 5,000 square feet? And closer to 6,500. 6,500. It's very big. For basically one restaurant that has four tables. <laughs> so in my way, that that's how I view it. Oh, this is a, my dream restaurant. Yeah. I no longer am of the day-to-day in Momo. I'm still involved. I still help out. I'm there to support in a variety of different ways, especially new ideas. What a difference for me is I'm physically not in a kitchen every day, right? Like it's a huge change. And even I might not have been in the same kitchen every day. I usually was like traveling around, working with the chefs, and it was a lot. That's what I was doing. But now it's not that. And I'm missing that component in my life of having a kitchen. Yeah. That was replaced with the pandemic and cooking every day. But I wound up like, you know, pandemic fatigue. I didn't want to cook all the things I was making. I actually hate everything I was making now. I I can't do it anymore. I'm still doing it. But now is an opportunity where we can film a lot of the content, whether it's, again, educational or just funny riffs on stuff. But we can also now try to have some variety of the kinds of food that we want to make. So we could theoretically just have one table a week restaurant Mm -hmm. for maybe one guest. We have chairs for five guests. <laughs> we don't have enough friends to fill them. But, you know, I think I think the opportunities here to chase, not bad ideas. Yeah, bad ideas, yes. But just whatever we want to chase on a creative front, both in terms of the video and the audio we're making. But to your point, culinary ideas. Things that, you know, without a kitchen, Dave, without a test kitchen, without anything like that, and sort of constrained by needing to cook for your family or just being at home, not having access to the ingredients, like you don't get the opportunity to ideate. No, and I'm so excited. I'm missing that it's going to have the dynamic feel of a real service of being with kitchen crew and stuff like that. I think it'll be me. It'll be a lot of you. And I think we'll bring one or two people on board. We'll certainly have guest chefs on and we're keeping it very loose because we don't know exactly where it's going to go. In some ways I joke, it's like if we were going to, it's like our version of the food network Mm -hmm. uh, all over or ESPN or something like those things. Again, we've talked about those things before because they are sort of a constellation that we're trying to create for ourselves. But um, for me, it keeps on like satiates some of that restaurant vibe. And I'm trying real hard not to become that it almost can turn it on immediately. Like, why do we not have this? Why do we have this? We got to do this, this, and this. Because we tested something out recently, and I was like, oh. I can see it, man. I can see it's funny because you know, we've known each other forever. We worked on, we've worked on so many things. We've, like, just in our personal lives discussed these things with a memoir and what the kitchen does to you and has represented to you in your life. It's interesting to see what happens the minute you step behind the stove again. It's like a switch is flipped. Yeah. Truly. Yeah, I know. For better or worse, a switch is flipped. It's exactly like that story with Brian Scalbini and the basketball. Yeah, it totally it's is. Like, oh, yeah, motherfucker. You can't take him off the court. You know, it's 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 unhealthy to you in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But it's also, to your point, weirdly, just where you're at home. It's like you 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 need to be back there. I also think there's an element, whether or not there's service, whether or not it's a real restaurant, which it's not. By the way, it's not a restaurant. Everything there is very much home equipment. You know, LG, LG, equipment. nice LG stuff. Go Korea. Go Korea. But I also just like having a physical space to go to. Except the cream president. (laughs) (laughs) You know any comments on that? Anything to say about that? I just like having a a home again. Mm. 
you know, we've been nomadic for five years. And it's so funny, man. I came to the studio on Saturday to get something done. And I, I look in the window and <laughs> Dave's standing there just like with the family. And I think it's really interesting to that both of us are like, we want this studio, the space to feel alive in its own way. And we like gravitate toward being there. It is going to be full of tension trying to figure out what to professionalize in the kitchen and what not. And I, I tell you right now, I don't know. It's a, it is a wholly new experience for me. I feel wildly uncomfortable. I almost feel like we're opening up a restaurant again. But I also know that in some way, even though people on um, have been creating content in their studio for years, I don't think anyone's quite done it the way we're going to do it. And I'm not trying to say that as like, oh, look how cool we are. I honestly just don't think anyone's done it the way we, we are going to do it. And I, I will say this, like maybe because of what I know food-wise, mm-hmm. the people I know, it's like, that hasn't really been captured. If it has, it's been edited down into like a 15-minute, this is how you make this dish, pay me a lot of money, and you know, you get it type of thing. And I, I just think there's a way to tell stories that haven't been told. I also think it's a way for us to, you know, I think that we've had some comments in Discord are like, well, I don't know why Chris and Dave are changing how it used to be. Well, I think it's one thing I want to address. I've never wanted it to be the same. Mm-hmm. What I think is the only thing that has been the same for us is the moving target. Sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse. We sort of talked about that even for kitchens. Like I think some of the places that I know of, that we operate, everything's in flux and everything's changing and people have to understand that. Sometimes things may not be as good as you want it to be because it's not like a fallow period, but you are recalibrating. You're trying new things out, whether it's a restaurant or what we're doing content-wise. I think it's very similar. And some of the stuff we've tested out the past six months, I would say more have been failures Hmm. than hits. But that's what we do. We've been trying to figure out, when I say bits, they are bits because we're going to need to fill time. We don't know if they're going to translate or not. I think we have certainly done things. Like I think price fitting, you know, Mm -hmm. how to menu. Those other stupid names we've come up with for things (laughs) that we've done. There's there's so many. Fire cell, culinary arbitrage. Yeah. Yeah. Like those are things that we're going to be able to do. One of the things I've learned during the pandemic is I watched a lot of YouTube. I also learned too that many of the people that cook, there's some people that do. Most people, I will say this, throw down again. I know it's true. They don't know. They make good content. I'm not saying that we're going to make good content even though we know how to cook. There's no guarantee. And I'm not trying to talk shit about anything. I just think that there's a, a way to tell new stories that are very old. Or maybe have been cut on the editing room floor. And Chris and I have made a lot of unscripted content. So much of the best shit never made it. Yeah. Because it didn't fit a certain way. So owning the content isn't why we really want to own it, right? You want to own the masters of your recordings, etc. That's not really it. It is certainly a bucket as to why we want to do it. The main reason why is so we have control over what and how we can do it. We can like this podcast. Say like, hey, let's try this out. Probably going to suck, you know? And thank you to the audience for being patient enough. I We can't do that in other platforms. So what I get and why I love restaurants, why I love making a dish at four o'clock, shit like that, it is that creative outlet for me to be able to try things out. And what I do best is to make mistakes, sometimes many times in a row. But then I navigate and I find my way out. And I think a lot of things we've been doing content-wise on the show is very similar to how I come up with a dish. Bad ideas that we polish, polish, polish. And sometimes you polish it and guess what? still a piece of shit. <laughs> but again, like I, I love those bad ideas and that's what we're trying to do. And this whole endeavor could be a very bad idea. Yeah, it's true. There's no guarantee that that stuff that we think is gold that's on the cutting room floor and the fact that, you know, what you just said, 
you know, nobody does this. We really, we really genuinely believe that what we're going to do is something new and novel and interesting. It's going to change the world. <laughs> we're not sure. <laughs> we have no real idea if the reason why it's not done this way is because everyone has tried it and it's been a terrible idea. It might, it might not work. But there are things, again, we talk about other parts of culture that we try to bring into. I would say something that's been really instrumental to me is watching professional football. Things that I never got to do. I never watched a Monday night football game. Ever. Mm -hmm. Just like I never watch a lot of shows because of cooking. Just so happened that the Manning brothers were on. And I love watching sports. And I loved how that was probably a really bad idea. We should get Peyton Manning and Eli Manning, two of the great quarterbacks. And on ESPN2, they'll do a simulcast with ABC normal announcers, mm -hmm. and they'll just talk over the game. Yeah. I was like, huh, why don't we do that? Yeah. So we're going to do that. How? I don't know. <laughs> you know, the one thing I will say, because I agree with everything you're, you're talking about now, and I think that our audience who complains that we change things, or, or maybe not complains, but people who feel uncomfortable that we're constantly changing things up, you know, I think eventually you're going to understand that we're never, we're not, there's no end destination. We're not going to arrive at the perfect format that we say we did it. No, every week we do this. There's actually been moments. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. There've been moments where Dave and I have said to each other, I think we found it. I think we finally found the format. This is a perfect format. We can do this podcast this way every single day. And then we do it six times and we say, that's stupid. Well, that was stupid. That was boring. Let's do something else. And maybe it wasn't. The one thing I will say that I, I think that we need to get a little bit better at is you know, getting a little bit out of the mindset of I give you this food and you like it or you don't and I'm going to change it. Like I, I do think we will try to give and one of the one of the freedoms we're going to get with the studio is to let some of these ideas grow and change and evolve and give them a little more time to breathe before we give up on them. And it's not just our stories. It's again, finding people that we really believe in that probably wouldn't get the opportunity to tell their stories, right? No. A lot of times, maybe because they may not be good on camera. Yeah. And, or they get bypassed for whatever reason. I can tell you, it's like fucking certain, if you are a really, really good chef, most of you fucking really, really good chefs, the ones that no one talks shit about, you fucking hate talking to camera. Yeah. You hate press reviews. You hate anything that has anything to do outside of the four walls of your kitchen. You didn't get into cooking because you were a people person. <laughs> yeah. I don't want you to be a people person. Yeah. I don't want you to, you know, I don't, I don't want you to have to talk. Cause like, I think I can explain a lot of things that they are doing. Yeah. We want to help you tell those stories, help you bring the entertaining part of it. But we are looking for skill and talent first. It's a lot. Apologies if we can't sort of pinpoint it down to an exact thing, but that's exactly it. Like I still can't even tell you after all these years, what the fuck we make as food, you know? <laughs> so what I do know is there's a sense of possibility. There is a humongous terrifying sense of doom and failure. <laughs> so for better or worse, we're going to show all of it, right? That's the thing. So we've been talking about this for a while. God, for a long time. You're going to start seeing it. You know, I think if you start, if you start watching the videos that we'll put out later this year for Recipe Club, you'll see the kitchen in action. You'll see Dave and me in there. If you start watching LG, Major Domo TV channel, you're going to see it there. You're going to start seeing lots of this podcast. Yeah, we're figuring out how to, you know, work there. with Spotify team, the Ringer team to like do the podcast. There's a lot of people that have competing interests to figure <laughs> out who owns like, but we're figuring that out because it could, we're sitting at a table right now, but it's quite possible this podcast is going to happen over a kitchen stove. That's mm -hmm. what I want. We're just yeah. talking. We're hanging. Sometimes we're doing innovative things on the stove. Sometimes we're making peanut butter jelly sandwiches. Sometimes we're reviewing peanut butter. Chunky's better than... It's going to be a lot of peanut butter talk on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, but I mean, I'm just saying it's it's gonna. You're, if you're out there wondering what the hell we're talking about, it's coming. You're you're gonna start seeing it now. And we want to make sure we undersell all of it. Mm-hmm. It's going it's to gonna be, be horrible. <laughs> it's going to be fucking terrible. <laughs> you are going to be so confused, and we hope you turn the channel immediately. <laughs> but you know, one of the things we've done is we've intentionally not done anything on YouTube. We're going to have a majordomo.tv. We still have to make stuff for the website and content. Another thing that we want to do is create recipes, right? Make this useful. Mm-hmm. I don't think the New York Times should have the only food app that matters to people. I agree. Maybe. Uh, I agree. So uh, there's a lot of things, a lot of great ideas. What we have learned, we can't do it all at once. So we're going to start executing these things. And thank you for being patient. Just want to give you an update. And uh, you, you will start to see stuff coming from this, this kitchen of ours. That is a restaurant, but not a restaurant, but a studio, more a studio. And like, we don't even know the name, but the one idea I have is really, I'm just making dinner for one group or one person a week. It's like my dream. This is going to be good, actually. When people see, when we nail this, this is one idea I really do believe in. So I'm excited. We invite people to dinner and uh, say it's a Thursday, Monday. You've seen little bits and pieces with the first versions of it on, if you have an LG TV. We're going to talk about the guest. So let's just say it's Paul Simon. I don't know. Oh, fuck. Paul <laughs> Simon's coming. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. Paul Simon's coming. And Edie Bacall, his <laughs> wife. Of the, and the, the new Bohemians are not coming. I was like, oh, shit. You know? This is the, we yeah. really wanted Art Garfinkel. We, <laughs> he was on our list of best dinner guests. But yeah, so this is, you want to talk about, like, this is, the, this is what we want as an example of the stuff that we're dreaming of. We've been playing around with this format already, but... Paul Simon's coming on Thursday. You're going to follow the whole journey. Monday, we'll talk about what to cook. Dave's going to ideate around a menu. We're going to do a deep dive into what Paul Simon likes and doesn't like. Do a social media scrape. Uh, start figuring it out. The next day, you'll see Dave hopefully start messing around in the kitchen, cooking dishes, trying things, ideas out from the previous day. We've, Like I said, we've done this a few times already, and it's pretty entertaining. Like Some of them work out spectacularly, and some of them are... Spectacular failures. Or, you know, it could be so open where maybe like I, I just make a menu for the season that can be tailored for the that season, you know? And well, you're I, gonna I, see I, the whole thing play out. I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. And I, I, I like that challenge, but more than anything, it's my dream. Mm-hmm. I don't think everyone agree, but to serve one, you have one service. That one service is one table a week. Come on. Come on. <laughs> That's the dream. I mean, that's the dream. It's a it's a uh, media subsidized one seat <laughs> restaurant. Yeah, food costs don't matter. It's gonna be fucking amazing. And that's the thing is, there's so many things that we don't have and that we're going to grow into. You know, we don't have any fermented things yet. We, you know, maybe we do, maybe we don't. I want to make sure that it's sometimes we're doing things that are accessible. Sometimes they're like, holy shit, I can't believe they're using this, this stuff, you know, and that process of building that out in this studio, and we have plenty of space to do it. That's part of the stuff that we're going to be able to document as we grow into the space, you know, dry aging caves and shit like that. There's going to, it's going to be fun, but that's one studio, the other studio we're going to intentionally make. So it's just real shit, real people, real shit, cooking real good food. There it is. Let's print that. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. 
Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. We're bringing one of these bits back that works really well. I think this in uh, Price Fix worked really well. That was fun. There was another one. We haven't done a Moif in a while. Those work well. Oh, I forgot about Moif. But How to Menu is back. I love it. To sort of set it up, uh, before I give it a you know, I asked him to choose three restaurants or five restaurants from around the country, around the world, where I don't know really anything. Maybe I've been there. Maybe I haven't. Same with Chris. And we have the menus in front of us and we have not a huge amount of time to decide what we want. The reason I wanted, I was inspired to do this. We had an MDM meeting last night with Noel, our families. I made a huge fucking logistical error, but we won't talk about it. So we're eating at Smokehouse and I, I swear Chris has been on like HGH and steroids. I'm nervous that we're playing this game because I... You know the liver king? You know how he's like... <laughs> that's basically what's happening right now. I was throwing for some, his ordering ability. I was throwing some heat last night. I yeah. don't know. I don't know what happened. Yeah. And as someone that is not on, you know, performance enhancing drugs, I'm asking myself, what is happening here? <laughs> what is happening here? We got this guy is. We were at. We were at. <laughs> what did you do? We were at Smokehouse to set it up as kind of a what like American fair, American fair steaks and chops and barbecue and all of that stuff. Everything under the sun. One of our people, one of our colleagues, Chris Chen was sitting there. He was talking about he was going to order some barbecue. And he's like, should I get the ribs or should I get the chicken? And I was looking at my menu and uh, I said, well, we get a whole rack of ribs as an appetizer. So I don't know why you need to get ribs. <laughs> and Dave from the other side of the table, I think I got like a standing ovation from this guy. <laughs> just, just, I mean, again, I look for those Rothko moments where someone throws fucking paint on something. You're like, shit, I could have done that. <laughs> I have to say that it was like the most stunned I've ever been with Chris Yang because there was a moment of genius that I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I, like, it, everybody's looking at this. And when we mentioned it to the server, I was like, has anyone, what about this move? She even was like, whoa, that's a fucking good move. We got our, we got our flowers from the, from the server too. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then I ordered prime rib. And again, I was not, <laughs> not looking at Dave as I'm ordering this. And I said, well, look at that. I'm get a side of peppercorn sauce with this thing. And I just heard this guy, on the, like an audible gasp came out of this guy on the other side of the table. Yeah, I was so proud of him. I mean, granted, like, you know, you're judging with an asterisk, like, you know, he's Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa or something. But I was like, wow, that guy can hit a fucking ball pretty far. And I was feeling real, I was feeling real high. And then the last little bit that I got credit from Dave for was I got prime rib. Noel also got prime rib. And Dave, do you want to explain why I got a little more credit from you? I don't know what, it, this Noel is just like sinking like a stone in the rankings. <laughs> this was, this is a dark moment, What's man. What's going on? This is a dark moment. She... To the right of her was the greatest cut in the cow, the Spinalis Dorsey on the prime rib. It's ultimately the only reason to eat a prime rib. In my <laughs> the only good part of the prime rib, the the thin strip of meat. And it can sometimes look overcooked and hammered. It don't matter. It's yeah. always it don't good. Matter. It don't matter. It don't look like if it's gnarly with fat. don't matter. It's going to be good. It's a guarantee. She ate the prime rib left to right. <laughs> she left the fucking Left some <laughs> And it got full, and she stopped short, like the Seinfeld episode. She stopped short <laughs> of the Spinalis Dorsey. She like, she it. just stopped short. And Holy I was shit. just, I was looking at it, and I'm like, she goes, oh, oh, because oh, you want it. I'm like, of course I wanted it, but I don't know. I'm going to, I, 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 no, I'm just, I can't. Who are you? Are you a Russian KGB agent? Because it's like she ate the skin of the pear and left the inside yeah, alone. It's so crazy. It's full disclosure. I cook sticks for for Eunice, and I always cut that part out for her specifically. Like I serve her the smell. Yeah, she, she, that's her part that she eats. So she's like, "You can eat it," and I'm like, "I can't because now it's tainted. <laughs> yeah, it's tainted. The meat cuts <laughs> have now marked you as a loser, and you will never. You've lost the good fortune of good ordering forever. So I'm just telling you, Noel, if you listen to this." I spoke to the gods. They are not happy with you. <laughs> I couldn't see Noel's plate from the other side of the table. I was, I was sat all the way on the other side of the table. And Dave, I just saw Dave peering at my plate. And he's like, the Spinalis Dorsey first. And I was like, I mean, yeah. And he's like, he pointed over to Noel <laughs> quietly and was like, did not eat it. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on And if you there? don't know, it's a, it's a cut of meat within the cow of clear the cow, but wraps around the 109 the cut of meat, and it is the only thing, really. So it's, it's fucking vibranium, man. Yeah, it's the filet mignon for people that know what the fuck to eat in the cat. <laughs> it's, the, it's the filet it's, mignon. It's the, not the filet. The, no, but you know how people that like the no, filet no, mignon it's, think that the agree. filet mignon is this that is, good? We gotta rebrand this. It's actually the filet mignon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the metaphorical <laughs> filet mignon of the literal cow. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's let's get into this because we got to get Chris Yang out of here and I got to get on a fucking plane. We're going to just do a how to menu. We'll see how many we can get through. So this first one's for Hot Yai in Portland. Chris Yang's been getting a lot of Portland love. Yeah. Throwing a lot Portland. of Portland love. I don't know why. Why? Just, don't why know. do you love Portland so much, Chris? I just think that drunk driving is a good thing. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> what are you talking about? More I mean, do you driving. hate Portland so much? Do you hate them because of... Dame Lillard's contract. I don't know what is happening here, but you you don't you're not loving Portland as much as I love Portland or you know loves Portland. I was talking about Portland, Maine. <laughs> love Portland, Maine. So, right, so what, Portland. Are, what is it? Okay. okay, let's not put Portland on trial here. What are the parameters of this? How to menu? Do we have a budget? No budget, but let's say it's for four of us. Four people. Yeah. 
I think the budget's important, man. I know really? nothing about this restaurant. Okay. What, what, what is something to know it, about this restaurant? It's tricky because like, these restaurants are different price points. And so this so is just a for this restaurant. restaurant. What is this? It's a fried yeah, chicken yeah, restaurant. Fried Have chicken I been, restaurant. Is this the fried chicken? Is this the Heine's chicken rice? No, 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 no. no, no, no. That's, that's, uh, uh, Nong's. Uh, come on, guy. Yeah. yeah. Nong's. Nong's. Yeah. This is Vietnamese? This is Southern Malaysian. Thai. Yeah, Malaysian. Thai near the Malaysian border. They're famous for fried chicken, right? Yep. That's the thing. That's the thing. We're trying to put together an order for four people. I think that we have to put a, I think we got to put a hundred dollar limit on it. Okay. Yes. We'll have that. Mm-hmm. Mm, no, 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 no. Yes. <laughs> this, is some, this is some of that experimental audio content we've been talking about. Is this working, guys? <laughs> is this working? <laughs> this is exact. So if you go out to dinner with me, this is exactly what is happening. Except I'm writing it on my phone. I'll talk through some of my thought process here. I'm looking at the curry and roti sets and immediately the eye is drawn as we're making a menu for four people to $52, a whole fried chicken, sticky rice, curry, and roti for four exclamation point. For reference, a whole chicken alone, an a la carte chicken is 31. So I'm paying 21 for sticky rice, curry, and roti. I'm trying to decide if that's a good move or not. Ooh, brisket curry. Hello. Well, you can just write it down and add. <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. That I was trying to do that for the audio audience here. It looks like it's a wash. I think a hundred is too much. You I, saved, I was about to say that. I think you saved yeah, two bucks. Different price points. Sixteen here. plus six is what? Twenty-two, 22. plus thirty-one is what? Fifty-three. You save two bucks. Save you save a, a buck. buck. Let's make it. Let's make our limit seventy-five. That sounds a little bit more restrictive. And now, more the other thing that, again, this is menu terminology. Curry and roti for four is very similar to when you get delivery and they're like, how many people is this for? And they're thinking that it's for like six people, but it's for one. <laughs> <laughs> curry and roti for four could literally just be one roti and one curry. Yeah, it's four, four of you. <laughs> I mean, I'm, of me. I'm doing math. I could be totally wrong, you know. It's four rotis and four curries. Or is it one curry? Probably one curry. I... The shit that goes through my head. <laughs> hmm. All right. I'm keeping it simple. I'm keeping it simple. Fuck, I can't come in under. Oh, God. I can't you know, come in under budget. I, I got to tell you what. The high eye specialty, everything is good. Everything's copacetic. Going the speed limit. Going to get there in time until I fucking hit. Hat eye specialty section. That screwed me it up. It is Bad. So Castle got anthrax. Braised pork belly, brisket curry, southern Thai ground pork with a Thai spicy exclamation point, oxtail soup, turmeric curry, everything in the $12 to $17 range. What I don't know, and I'd love some data here, if I ate here, should they put that at the top or at the end or the middle? And I don't know exactly how the menu, because we printed this offline. But if this was at the top, maybe you order more of it, right? Instead of getting the other things. Because if I just look at the specialty right now, I've had enough pork belly and shoulder. I don't need that in my life. I've had plenty in my life. Don't need it. The, uh, brisket curry, I'm not going to get because I'm going to get a side of curry. That's going to cover it. Oxtail soup, yes. I don't need mussels. Wrong. <laughs> Cow yum is delicious. So it's like, okay, of the hot guy specialties, I can spend 27 bucks easy. So I'm at 27. I'm just going to do right now. We're still at 75. That's fucked. Uh, no, let's put it up to 100 again. No, let's put it up to 100. That's <laughs> I can't do it. I think we got to do 75. I can't do it. No, I refuse. I can't do it. Four people. Give me $90. Oxtail soup for me. 
then I'm gonna get the cow yum, and then I'm gonna get clearly a whole chicken. Don't need to order rice because that's coming with it. And then I'm gonna get that's 31. I am now at eight fifty-eight bucks. Dave, do you have your order ready? Yeah, I, I, I do. Okay, let's hear it. This is so this is so important to get this right. Okay, this is like getting the wooden chalice. Oh, I might be able to fix mine. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be stuck at right under seventy five dollars, and I think we should do. I'm gonna continue as told. It's quite simple. I'm definitely getting a whole chicken. If the specialty is whole chicken, you're getting. You know why you don't get the half chicken? Only fools get half chickens. Fools. You know why? You lose juice. You lose fucking juice. Don't get a half chicken. Get a whole chicken. That's just silly. Silly. <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. So I'm getting a whole chicken. I am now getting four roti. I'm also getting a turmeric. I'm getting a, uh, not oxtail soup, cow yum. That's a Southern Thai rice salad. With the house curry. And if I want to go to the hundred bucks, I'm going to get a Southern pad thai for noodles. All right. Come with rice. Now, if I'm stuck with the 74 bucks, I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to eat one of the four roti in the car for me and say, God, they shorted us a roti. And that's not their restaurant's fault. Every other diner companions will hate you guys. <laughs> deflect, deflect, deflect. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So to review, that was oxtail soup, mm-hmm. cow yum, mm-hmm. the rice salad, mm-hmm. a whole chicken, mm-hmm. and house curry. Mm-hmm. What was your starch? Oh, four, four rotis. rotis. And you get rice. You get sticky rice with the whole chicken. That's true. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I, listen, you don't fuck with desserts. Not to go. I don't know. I'm not, I'm just not that. I'm not gonna get a a, a Thai iced tea to go. This is all to go. This is all to go. We should we should be we should make eating that, here is a very different out. move. Eating here, getting Thai iced tea, I'm getting a dessert. Very different. All right. I'm not getting asparagus. It's so. <laughs> 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 not fucking happening. Here's how I got to you. You danced with a lot of the partners I was interested in dancing with, Dave. Here's how I got to $89. I decided I had to make a tough decision right off the bat and build a roti versus rice-based meal. I'm centering it around my starch first. I made immediately a move that might be very questionable, might be very, very, very questionable here. Instead of going for a whole chicken or a half chicken, I went for multiple leg quarters. I went for times three leg quarters. (laughs) (laughs) There's methods of this madness to save. I went two house curries. I don't think one is enough. I went six roti for four people. And I went, again, because I've got roti-based meal here, I went brisket curry, which puts me at 89. What a loser. What was, what's a loser about that? It's a loser meal. No. You don't get a salad. I don't have room for salad, dude. Salad? You got <laughs> too, much, too, much, too much curry. You just need a dippy dip. You need to dip the roti in the curry. But too how big is it? How big is it? You think a six dollar house curry is enough for four? Yes, I do. Yeah. Well, that might unlock some other shit for me, though. Well, no, it's too late. You can't change it now. I'm just saying, even if it's a small dip, I'm treating this like so. I'm really even if, it's a four, <laughs> even if it's a four ounce bowl. That's all you need for roti and curry. What is wrong with you, no, man? No, no, I have. Have you never no, had no, Malaysian no, food? No, 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 Jesus no, no, no. Christ! One one order of roti with curry is not enough. That is the favorite. That's what people want. Buttery bread. Red dipped in curry sauce? Come on now. Also, one roti per person, and you ate one of them out of the goddamn <laughs> on the car? car? What are you, not going to eat roti when you get home? No, we share. <laughs> you share. Sure. So now everybody else got less than one roti per person. me. Not okay. That is okay. No. That is okay, because I got it. I ordered, I picked it up. You need to... This is why... This six is another, roti for this four. This is why... You, Basing everything on roti is a fool. Fool. Fool's gold. <laughs> Fool's gold. 
Can I say something? I, I'm riding with Chris. Six roti for the, four is a minimum. But I think the four leg quarter is like a need... galaxy brain. Like that is <laughs> that's so smart. You want four? Yeah. You, 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 you you're you adding to oh, Mr. Carbon Footprint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's only two legs for a chicken. You're just killing chickens. <laughs> hold on, aimlessly. hold on. Excuse me, excuse me. Of all the chickens that are killed in this country, you think there are leftover breasts or leftover <laughs> legs, man? There are way more legs available no, than no, there are no, breasts. No, 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 no. This I'm, country is. Like, like, this country are. It's like we Super are, Mario Brothers. <laughs> I see the carbon footprint <laughs> increasing. This is a country of breast people. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want the owners, if possible, of Hot Yai to vote on who had the stronger order here. What's your order? Did you do one? No, I was going to go two whole chickens. <laughs> It's it's so own, it has its own merits. It has, the man saw the budget he had and was like, well, the reason why guys. I can tell you why I, I, I know this was a fool's gold mission for you. Foolish, mm. foolish. You never even once. Well, how are you going to eat the chicken and the roti? Tear. Make a little taco. With what? What do you mean with what? Curry sauce. Chicken, roti, dip, dip, dip. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's no, my no, move. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Whole roti. It's a fucking. I just you know you know it's a sum. It's not enough. Exactly. <laughs> this is why mine is going to be better. I'm imagining the roti is going to be yay big, like 12 inches, 13, 14 inches. What, the what fuck? world no, are you what getting what that roti, man? Was this fucking Kirkland roti? Even if it's eight inches, fine, fine. I'm gonna. This is where I'll take some white meat, okay? Because I'm a man of the people. I'll cross the fucking aisle. <laughs> I'm gonna take some of the white meat, some of the dark meat. <laughs> I'm gonna put that. In the roti. Then I want to take something like cow yum, put it in there. You don't have any texture in your shit. What do you mean I don't have any texture? What you you? Oh, you're putting a little rice eggs. salad in there? Oh, Listen. Yeah. Oh, oh so, you didn't see that. No, 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 no. Listen, I'll reach across the aisle right now and say, <laughs> I'll reach across the aisle and say, a little crispy rice salad in my taco? I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> see, I wouldn't mind you that. You can't do that. You don't have enough money in yours. You don't have cow yum. Mine, you want that acidity. Yours is so monotone. You're ordering like a dum dum. Steal a roti and then say Chris doesn't have enough money. <laughs> like you're eating the roti. roti. Steal the rotis from you your people. Stole a roti, bro. No, it was mine. He's got six. Let me paint this picture. Like oh the- my god, they shorted us a roti. Oh, let me let me just let's all share these roti. <laughs> that's a fucking monster. I'm move. keeping it at seventy five. You, oh, you're like 90. the, you know. You're I the problem. We have a national up. debt ceiling that keeps on going up. I might with your it. fucking economics. I might be at like 101. Yeah. Really I'm thing. keeping mine reasonable. You're the fucking problem, not me. Right. right? And then I do a little fucking gravy on top with some rice and I eat it like a goddamn beautiful burrito. <laughs> You're a little taco versus my fucking. <laughs> We're making the, the same burrito. size roti. How did you make a burrito out of the same size tortilla? <laughs> then I got a taco, bro. Also, you're not even using a whole roti. Yeah, you you got to share them. You to use. No, you ate it all. They're going to share. I'm <laughs> So let me paint this picture. You ordered four roti for four people. You're going to eat two of them. <laughs> and the other well, two are going to eat two. At least mine was under seven to $5. Well, two people I, want, I, I, I want Hat Yai to vote on this, and I want you to remember that I spent $101 at your restaurant <laughs> table and spent 75 That's fucked up. <laughs> All right, next, next restaurant. We'll do one more. This is a pretty familiar one for you guys. Pizzeria Bianco for dinner. This is going to be a controversial order, but I know exactly what I'm going to do. You want to get the spadini and the focaccia. You want to get two orders of spadini. This is for people, for me, if I'm going right now. Two orders of spadini, one order of focaccia. The spadini has arugula salad on the bottom, so I don't need to get any of the salads from the salad section. 
I'm also getting prosciutto that's cooked and melted cheese. So I really don't need the antipasto. I'm getting the vegetables for the tomato sauce on the pizza. So I don't need antipasto either. Farinata, delicious. Very, very, very good. But I'm going to say it's got to be under like a hundred bucks, right? So I just committed, like we can't do 100 bucks. 150 bucks. <laughs> Have my budget, right? You're up $42. I'm going pizza, marinara, sunny boy into wise guy, La Rosa. As a minky, I want to ask as a jerk, can I please have that as the last pizza? Mm, mm. And then I'm going to get some gelato. <sighs> Go fuck yourself, Chris. I think the far, <laughs> I think the farinata is too special not to order. If I'm going with people who have never been to Pizzeria Bianco and have never experienced the majesty of the farinata, which is just some kind of miracle of science, chickpeas, sparkling water <laughs> cooked into something delicious, I've got to go farinata. I think. If we're going in the summertime or the fall, I got to go antipasto. I can't avoid it. If it's not, if it's in a, in a less productive market vegetable time of year, then I'm, then I'm definitely going to speedini. Nothing wrong with antipasto. It's always delicious. I just, you know. Then I'll go speedini. But summertime, antipasto, farinata, <laughs> salad section, please. <laughs> I'll let that burrata salad is pretty good. Marinara, for sure. Rosa, for sure. I like the move of having that last. And... I love the wise guy, but... Wise guy's the best. I love the wise guy. I just feel like every time I've tried to order those three pizzas together for a table of four, it felt destroyed. So I might go Sunny Boy. Sunny Boy, Marinara, Rosa. Two things. There are people that have been going saying like, hey, the pizza is the same for dinner and lunch. They're very different and they're both delicious. Could so not be don't more be different. dum-dums and think they're the same. One's gas, one's wood, very different pies, both delicious. But I wanted to say one thing. The Spadini, you can actually make your own pizza almost, right? With the focaccia, which is delicious. Mm. You make your own white pie with fontina cheese, the prosciutto that's been cooked, right? And the very oil, olive oil soaked focaccia. And you put that together with the arugula. You got to eat it together. It's like the pre-pizza to the pizza. It's a pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One last thing I'm going to say. I know we disregarded all the vegetables. Those carrots are pretty underrated. The carrots are delicious. And also all the salads are delicious. The market salad with the oranges in the lunchtime. Woo. Very good. I'm just going as a very grizzled now. The most restaurant food I've had this year was at Pizzeria Bianco. I'm going to Spadini to, to start. All right. Now to eat stinky tofu. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Chris. Give us five stars. <laughs>